Okay, well, shall we start? Let's start. Welcome to another episode of I Want to Know. I'm so proud of myself. I didn't laugh. Um, So as you may know, my name is Jalea, and I am here with Lauren, who's super cool, and started her own dance studio. Will you tell us more about that? From just beginning to end, the whole thing. The whole thing? You want to know the whole thing? Or the hour-long version. Okay. (laughs) Or 30 to 60 minutes. God created the heavens and the earth. And no, we're going to skip all that. We're going to, we're going to bring it right up to about, let's say nine years ago. So yeah. So like Julia said, my name is Lauren Houts. Um, quick, just history of my life. I grew up on the West side of Washington in Seattle. I did not know that. Oh yeah. And like in Seattle proper. Well, okay. Issaquah. Quite okay. honestly, if you were to ask me, how do you get to Queen Anne Hill from Capitol Hill? I'd be like, I don't <laughs> even know where those places are. Cause I was but a young thing in those days. And I still get lost every time I go to Seattle. So, but ask me about Spokane. I know those streets backwards and forwards. Yeah. It's, it's so here. easy. Cause it's a grid. I know. I know. It, is so- I d- I, it wasn't until I moved to Bellingham that I realized that most places are not grids. That's simple. No, Spokane is wonderful. I've uh, been there for the past 10 years. Um, I went to Whitworth. For the record, let's see. I did Irish step dance for one year when I was six years old. Aww. I did, yep. I so did cute. Scottish Highland dancing for one year when I was in middle school. Hold up. What is the difference? Oh my gosh. The differences are immense. First of all, Scottish and Irish. Oh, well, yes. Okay. But like, um, technique wise, let's see, you're going to be wearing, um, a kilt in, uh, Scottish, which has a flat pleat in the front. So everything you do is knees turned out because you don't want to ruffle that, that flat pleat in the front. So you really want to be turned out with, um, with Scottish Irish, you are mostly turned in. So your knees are going to be kicking forward and your legs are going to be kicking back. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Irish, your, your hands are for the most part, except for certain styles glued to your sides. Um, in Scottish, they have various movements where you bring your arms up and you have your hands on your hips and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I was just watching, have you seen Kim's Convenience at all? No. There's an episode where one of the characters does Highland dancing and so, I, you know, I just see the kilt. I hear bagpipes. I'm just like, it's Irish dancing. And somebody was like Highland dancing. And I'm like, wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> happening. They're both. Well, thank like, you for solving that mystery for me. Yeah. I feel like they're both a lot of jumping around Irish. I feel like is quicker and smaller kinds of jumping around. And, and with, with Scottish, I feel like there's more of an extension of the leg that makes you have to be so powerful and it's a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So that's that. So that was my dance history. I did a little bit of gymnastics. And once I got into high school, I, my friends were all um, super into swing dancing, which was such an awesome, awesome thing as a teenager to be able to do. Cause you know, you've got just all these emotions and crushes and everything's going on. And then every <laughs> Sunday night we would have these swing dances and we would all go, we get dressed up and go downtown uh, Bellevue or downtown Seattle and go dancing. Um, but in a, like a wholesome context. So our parents were just so thrilled that we had that outlet and it was just a blast. So, um, that might, so my background in dance is pretty informal as far as training goes. So I would not ever have considered myself a, a trained dancer, although I was, I had some basics of movement, um, down. So when I got Mm -hmm. to, um, college, 
I don't know, I guess all my life I'd sort of kind of thought it'd be cool to dance, but it was just so nothing that my family ever did. And so there was no context for it. So I get to college and um, I'd also had this experience in high school, I think my senior year or my junior year, where I went to a, a Christian school and we uh, would have chapel every week. And I remember there was a guest who came to chapel one week and it was a group of dancers, worship dancers from, I think it was South Africa. <gasps> and they were amazing and they were incredible. And they got up on stage and they were wearing, I remember they were wearing these really flowy orange, crazy dresses. And they just did this beautiful, beautiful worship dance. And I was just in love. I saw that and was like, what is that? <laughs> uh, I love that. I had always kind of felt like I had this like real passion and connection for worship. And like, I always had the feeling of wanting to get up and jump up and down um, because God is so good. And just the, the stories and the things that I would hear and just, just everything about who God is made me want to move, but I had mm -hmm. no idea how to do that. I felt so awkward about it. Like even in church, like just like lifting my hands up, <laughs> I was so awkward and uncomfortable with it, but I just like, I felt like I needed to do it because I wanted to, not because it was expected. I actually grew up in a, in a non-movement kind of a church, like a Presbyterian <laughs> church, <laughs> hymnals and all that. So I wasn't at like a crazy Pentecostal church or anything, but I just had this in me, like I just wanted to but I had no idea how. So I, I, I went to a, um, a, a charismatic worship night one night with a friend of mine, a sweet friend of mine, Kelsey. Wait, is this in college? Sorry, this is still back in high school. Okay, this, okay. Getting up to the moment in college. Just trying um, to picture which, which age Lauren. <laughs> this, is, this is 17 or 18 year old Lauren who at this time is, um, gosh, <sighs> involved in everything in high school, in leadership in just about everything. Um, I was, I was doing, yeah, ASB, drama, leadership, national merit, everything. What's everything. new? <laughs> I know. I was, oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I had, I was just very academic and very focused and very driven and didn't really have time to nurture this more artistic, uh, creative, free-flowing side of myself. So went to this, uh, worship service and there were no chairs and I was like, what? There are no chairs. Everyone's just like sitting <laughs> and lying down and swaying. And um, my friend Kelsey, her family was hosting the, the, the group of dancers who had come to visit. And um, some of them were there that night at that worship service. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I have to ask one of these dancers how to dance, how to dance for the Lord, how to worship, how to move. Yeah. And so I, I just, my heart just racing, just pounding out of my chest, <laughs> walk up to this gorgeous, gorgeous African lady. And I'm like, oh, so um, I see you're like dancing. Um, can you teach me how? <laughs> her answer was so infuriating, but it was totally spot on. She was like, well, there's not really, she had this gorgeous, you know, mm. she's like, there's no steps to it really. You've just got to allow the spirit to move in you. Oh, I told you I'm British. But anyway, that's what she said. She said, I can't teach you the steps. You just have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. And I was like, that's not an answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just sat there and I just, you know, prayed and asked that the Holy Spirit would move with me. And, and I just sort of started breathing and feeling my hands just kind of move around in the space in front of my heart and just, just kind of sway and move like waves. And that was the beginning of the journey right there. Just mm. feeling like, oh, 
And that was something that I would practice on my own in my room, just turn on some worship music and just start to move. And it was this like relationship of need of, of wanting to trust my body and trust the Holy Spirit to communicate with my body of what to do. And it was very scary initially because I was like, what if it's awkward? So yeah, so th all that to say that started my like hunger and fascination for worship dance. So fast forward, I get to college. I moved to Spokane. And, and it's 2010? It's 2009. Okay. Uh, fall, fall 2009. Um, and it was very exciting for me because I felt as though all of my academics and achievements and being super, super busy and super driven and focused was also that I could get, essentially get my college paid for, which more or less happened. Um, but I did minor in dance and, and uh, in, I minored in dance and minored in theology. Um, but anyway, Jan term comes along. Jan term is a whole month where you get to take one or maybe two classes that you have every day um, for two or three hours. And for a week or is it like two or three weeks? Month. For the whole month. Oh, the whole month. Three and a half okay. weeks. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I was, I was rifling through the catalog and I stumbled across, I was looking through the theology classes and they had a church history class and they had a Psalms class and then they had um, sacred dance postures of the soul class. And I was like, what is that? What? And my heart just started glowing, beaming pounding no happened as I read that I was like what on earth is that sacred dance postures of the soul I just had to take it I was like I don't know what is gonna happen but I'm fully terrified and fully excited let's do this. <laughs> it's um, a good place to be yes it is for those who know Spokane lore this uh class was taught by the famous Judy Mandeville do you know Judy I don't know her okay. she taught one of my friends from college yes when she yes. was like really little baby girl that's adorable. And she, we, I just saw her a couple months ago, or you know, pre-COVID. <laughs> and she said that that Judy is one of those people where you can go years and years without seeing her, and then you see her, and she remembers you, and she just speaks right into your soul. Yeah. She hasn't seen you for like years and years, and she's just like spewing exactly what your heart needs to hear to yeah. be whole again. Yeah. She's an angel. She's a magical fairy princess angel. She's incredible. So basically I had this whole month of, of, of dancing with Judy and being taught how to, how, how to dance, how to understand the scriptures in relation to dance, how to, um, how to, honestly, a lot of it was like movement therapy. I didn't really realize until later as I looked into it, a lot of the things that she's developed uh, tend to cross over quite a bit with with dance therapy exercises that I've seen or or been a part of. Mm -hmm. So really, really incredible time. It also happened to be an interesting time in my family's life. A lot of uh, some hard things were going on. So it was like this safe haven of dance in the midst of of some chaos and some sadness, a lot of sadness in my family. That so was mm -hmm. really, really important for me during that time. So, so cool. it sounds like you spent three weeks with a literal fairy godmother. That's exactly, dance. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she bestowed upon me or anointed me from God above, um, I feel like just a, a passion and a desire and a willingness to go this route and, and, and be a part of the story. And um, she's, she's had that effect on others, many of which are our teachers at Jubilee now. Um, they had a special relationship with Judy who 
encourage them in uh, seeking the deeper parts, the heart, the soul, and the gut of dance, mm. um, mm-hmm. which has been super important for a lot of my friends who who grew up in studios, people who've who've been in um, the more competitive side of dance, um, yeah. breaking that down and returning to the roots, returning to the heart of what, what dance is meant to be. Pause um, for a second. Yeah. So I've heard Jubilee described like brand brand wise as non-competitive. Hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I very much did not grow up in a studio at all. I had like a semester of middle school dance, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like PE. And so sure. when I heard non-competitive, I could imagine what that meant. But is it, when you say non-competitive, is it more like studio versus studio or like girl versus girl, no matter what oh, studio oh, you're oh. at? Um, so what I mean when I say non-competitive is first of all, that we don't do competitions. Most studios in town uh, will will train for competitions and they'll okay. Go so it's studio you. versus studio, and there's yeah. no like winner and loser. Yeah. However, um, I would say that it also applies to just how I encourage our teachers to teach and things to look out for. If you do start seeing kids trying to compare themselves, we are super mm-hmm. against that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it means both, quite honestly. Okay. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, so I take that class in jam term. It radically just alters my 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 experience of God and I feel his presence so much closer and I just am in love with this way of connecting with him and and finding that 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 heart of worship that I've had is finding this incredible outlet so amazing so I decide well heck I'm gonna take every dance class that I can and so from that point on every semester I took two or three dance classes um yeah, everything. Out of how that. many? I don't know how semesters work. Oh, like, <laughs> Went so to a quarter school. Probably for my major, I would have to take three classes for the major, and then I'd have some gen ed. So I'd probably take around six to eight classes. Okay. So it was like a little less than half. A little less than half, yeah. So I, yeah. And maybe it was less than that for classes, but I was also, I got involved in the dance club on campus, mm-hmm. so I would have to like multiple, like probably like three or four classes for that as well that I would be doing, which was incredible. Wow. Wait, like you had to take extra classes to be in the club? No, 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 no. How did that work? Um, the club was available as like, here are all the classes that we're teaching. And I was just like, oh, okay. As many as I can possibly cram into my schedule. So just non-credit classes, just kind yeah, of like a studio yeah, inside a university. Exactly. exactly. Gotcha. Yes. And Jubilee. Wow, that's magical. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so the dance club is called Jubilation, which is kind of where, well, not kind of, it is exactly where um, I got the name Jubilation, <laughs> because everything that I had learned was more or less from Jubilation, and the way that I structured how classes went, and a lot of the philosophy surrounding what I was doing was totally a rip on Jubilation, which I talked to the leadership the following year when I started doing that to kind of like ask their permission, and they were so for it, they were all on board, and and now I think <laughs> literally all of our teachers except for one are Jubilation dancers, so it's kind of of a, a legacy thing right i at one of my classes i heard somebody say that jubilee is basically just where people go up like whitworth dancers go after they graduate exactly. no that's <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's so true there's a lot we, we've kind of maintained a lot of the same kind of culture of the Whitworth dance scene, of just Whitworth in general. There are, of mm-hmm. course, other studios in town that are um, great to go to. I used to take classes at Dance Motions. Still highly, highly recommend Dance Motions. It is a more competitive studio, but for that, they they do, um, in a really healthy way, I think, push their students in ways that we don't so much. And it's, oh, it's that's cool. I, I do send people there if they're looking for something more like that, because it is also a really positive environment, and mm-hmm. um, there's an absolutely no body shaming or anything like that. And Lauren and Kelly, who run that studio are 
so incredible. Oh my gosh, I almost just like cried. Um, that's great. Yeah, it was so fun taking their classes. So, so that's just another great studio in town if you are um, a dancer out there looking for some more, some more, um, more of a challenge. So let's see. Back to the story. So I've, I've taken all these classes. I've done all of this. And yet at the same time, I have this like, well, so first of all, I'm the kid in the class who I'm in, I'm in these, all these dance classes with all these people who've been dancing since they were three. And I am like, hang on, what is a pot of beret? Excuse wow, me. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> uh, wait, sorry. Which foot do we do that on? And what happens with the arm when you're doing that thing there? You know, just, I'm, mm -hmm. at, I'm so annoying. I guarantee all those girls are just like <laughs> rolling their eyes. Like, are you serious? I learned how to pirouette in the bathroom of my oh. dorm because um, one of the gals, um, K Trey, uh, taught me, she just was in my, one of my, my, uh, jazz class and we were doing pirouettes. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And so we just worked on it in, in our dorm bathroom and that's where I learned how to pirouette. So, um, yeah, so it was a very, uh, late bloomer kind of a thing, but I just, every waking moment that I wasn't studying or doing other social things, which, you know, was a lot, I would be in the studio working on things. Um, so I spent many, many hours working and yet I had this huge and still do quite honestly, imposter syndrome of like, mm -hmm. you are not qualified. You are not valid. You will never be a great dancer because you've not spent, you know, the past 18 years doing this. So yeah. that's been something I've had to really battle. But so that leads up to um, when I, when I'm coming up upon graduation and like no idea what I'm going to do after graduating with my, with my life, with my job and my um, dance professor, Carla, um, pulls me aside and, and she's been with me on this whole journey. It's been a very emotional, incredible journey, learning how to dance and then all the emotional things and stuff going on with my family. Um, I really used dance to process that. And she was very much there for me, um, during that time. And she told me, she's like, Lauren, you have what it takes to make dance your career. I want you to know that you've got, <gasps> you've got the passion, you've got the ability. If you want to pursue this and pursue more training, you can do this. And I, could not believe my ears. I started sobbing. I was like, you are, there's no way you don't believe that. And she, she's not someone to, you know, mess around or lie or like, you know, mm -hmm. just tell you lie. something like she's kind yeah. of tough. <laughs> she's kind of, a <laughs> she's, yeah, she's cool. But to hear that from her just rocked my world and planted this seed that later began to bloom um, as, as opportunities arose, um, that I probably would never have taken these opportunities if she had not said that, because I would not have believed that I had approval from someone who was a dancer to do this. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, when I think of my studio and I think of other studios in town, there are times when that imposter is so loud that it just tells me like, you are, you are, n this is not real. And yeah, you should stop now. So anyway. <laughs> Even yeah. though you have so many people and have grown so much and everyone, matter, the not everyone, but you know, you already have people telling you like, you need to expand like immediately or you're going to bust out of this place. <laughs> I know it's so amazing, but you know, it's, it's like a good place to be in for someone like me who all of my life I had built my, my esteem and my worth on my accomplishments. Like I, you know, that's just how I was in high school. It was like, I am good and worthy because I have straight A's. I'm good and worthy because I am the ASB president, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. um, so to constant, constantly be in a place of like, I am a fraud and to continue to get all this validation and encouragement and like open doors from God. It just, it's such an amazing place to be. I would not want it to be otherwise. Like I love, I kind of secretly love like the self-doubt because God just continued. I just know he's <laughs> going to keep 
blowing me away and like continuing to open up the doors and bring people in. Um, yeah, so it's just been yes, so amazing. so funny. That reminds me of, and I, I'm only saying this because I feel like you might need this. I don't know. <laughs> it, it reminded <laughs> me of this thing someone said one time. He knew this guy who every time, I think he was running a nonprofit and it was like hard times and they had no money. And, and he said every time he would open a bill, he would say, praise the Lord, and then look at it because he was like, there's... I like God has to provide for this and that like, so I'm just praising him preemptively because <laughs> I have no idea where this money's going to come from <laughs> instead of, you know, rolling his eyes and being like, there's another thing to do. And just like getting down, he was just like, praise God. Cause I know he's going to do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, it's so fun. It's such a fun place to be. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know. I feel like, uh, you you can't lose. You just can't lose. You, when you're on right. the roller coaster of what God's doing, you're just like, yeah, every moment of this has been so fun, such a gift that if you took it away right now, I have so much to look back on and be like, wow, that was incredible and yeah. so unexpected. And yeah, yeah, wow. So you graduated. So I graduated with all this dance that I'd had for the past four years, which was still formidable, but not obviously a whole lifetime. So can I kick up to my, you know, to my ear? No. And that's never going to happen. Um, can I do a, you know, a quadruple pirouette? No, no. And I don't need to because of my, my idea of what makes a good artist and what makes a good dancer um, has, has uh, definitely progressed in a good way um, so that those things are not as important. Um, so yeah, so I graduate, I've got all these things and I've got this idea that maybe I could dance, but I, uh, have no idea how that's going to happen. So I, I think I'm chatting with a, a friend of mine from my church. Her name's Angela Schutz, one of my current dance parents, actually. Her, her daughter, Abby is in the hip hop program and, and they've been a part of this from the beginning. She said, well, you should teach. And I, and I never thought about teaching. I had honestly, at that point, I was kind of thinking like dance therapy because that is sort of what happened with me. Um, just seeing the way that dance can move people through um, their emotions and work them through stuff that they're dealing with. So that was what I was interested in. So I did not think about teaching at all. I never really taught other than a few classes that I ended up teaching my, my senior year in the Jubilation Dance Club. So she was like, well, you should teach our kids at our church for like a summer class. And I was really hesitant on that. I was like, ah, I've never done that before. That kind of intimidates me. I don't know what kids can do. I don't know what they can't do. I don't know how that's going to be. And she just kept bringing it up and kept kind of pestering me until I finally <laughs> did it. So I just like, I don't know. I just sat down and thought about it. And I was like, well, okay, let's do this really low key. It'll be a six week session. So, so I started very, very minimal. I had two classes. One was like three to five-year-olds and the other was six to eight-year-olds. And they were going to be like 30 minutes each because I was like, I don't know how to fill the time. Um, <laughs> so so I, um, I, I basically, I, I printed off flyers with all the information. I got, I got approval from my pastor to use the church. Um, I think it was on, on a day during the week. And he was totally excited about it. He had been a part of hearing my story with all of it. And he was very excited about what God was doing. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I showed up and, oh, so I went to church and I had printed off flyers with all the information of what was happening and just relentlessly became salesperson Lauren. So I just <laughs> butted my way into conversations 
handed out flyers, explained what I was doing, and just something that I learned in, in high school from my drama director, because I, I had directed some shows. He was just, he taught me how to sell things and how to, how to um, show well and how to get people excited about what you were doing. So I just used a lot of those techniques and just, um, I think, so there's some, some salesmanship that goes into it, but mostly what it is, I, I, I wouldn't say I really had to work that hard to sell it because what I really just had to do was allow what was authentic in me to explode out. And there have been, one of the things that I wrote down in preparation for this is like weirdo slash passionate. I feel <laughs> like, like this whole thing has been me just at my weirdest and most passionate and just being like, I love this so freakishly much that it just has to be contagious. You have to love it yeah. too. I, I so believe in what we're doing. It has so changed my life and I believe that it can for anyone. Um, so I didn't have to like convince people. I think they just genuinely saw like, wow, right. she cares about this. So that's cool. In the moment, how mm -hmm. did it feel to be salesperson Lauren? <laughs> um, I think actually probably pretty naturally because I, in high school, I did a lot of events. And so getting people to show up to stuff was sort of something that I was really comfortable with. Okay. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of practice. Yeah, I had a lot of practice with that. And, and with that, it wasn't so much come to this dance thing because I know it's going to change your life. It's going to be amazing. It was just, I love people getting together and it's a lot of work to get people together, but I'm so willing to do it because I, I enjoy it and I want people to have a good time. And what they need to realize is that I've done all the hard work. You just have to commit and show up. So when I, when I tell people like, Hey, I'm doing all the hard work. All you do is show up. Um, I don't know. They're, they're more like inclined to be like, Oh, you're not asking anything of me really. This is more like right. a gift to me. So, so yeah, that's, that's a good line. Yeah. Yeah. So you can use that. Um, yeah. So I just, I just ran around and, and it was, it was, I offered it like very inexpensive at first. Cause I was like, I mean, I'm still, my prices I would say are pretty comparable to other studios around. Um, we've had to kind of bring it up over the years as our expenses have gotten higher. Mm -hmm. But initially I definitely was like, well, you're gonna, you're gonna pay this rate because I'm inexperienced. So it was very cheap initially. And, um, yeah. And I, and I think I had about five to eight students in each class for that first, uh, summer. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I had parents sit in the back because and now I don't do that because it's way too much of a distraction. You definitely learn as you go, but what for they, the kids? yes, yes. For the kids. Yes. For me, it's actually good because I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm extra good when I know <laughs> parents are watching uh, Adult with the kids, I can be a little bit more relaxed. Um, which is good too, because they need that too. They need to know that you're like, you're, you're relational and you're chill with them as yeah. well as pushing them. But when parents are there, I'm on like high alert. Uh, gosh. Yeah. I'm, yes. I always talk to children more properly when their parents are around. Exactly. <laughs> like as soon as they leave, I'm like, dude, yeah. Goofing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It's so true. So yeah. So they sat there and they all kind of told me like, cause they knew my story and they knew that this was a, a, a risk for me. They all just encouraged me so much and like, yeah, you're meant to do this, no doubt. You're, you're natural. So I was like, okay. And um, from there, to speed this up, I ended up um, having two people. One was the same mom who had encouraged me to do this. Um, another was a friend of a friend. Um, referred me to two different elementary schools to be the dance teacher at the elementary schools. Again, I'm like, I'm a fraud. I need you to know. 
but they were just like, we need a dance teacher. So I was like, okay, let's do this. So I became a dance teacher that fall. I, I was working at the Salish language school and um, tech at Bryant, a, a enrichment cooperative. And I had, let's see, three ballet classes there and a modern class. And so I taught for both of those schools for about three years. And during those three years, I tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed, just back and forth, figuring everything out about how the heck to teach a dance class to kids. And I had so much fun with it. I will say I've never enjoyed work so much. I would always like pray before class, just be like, God, love these kids through me today. And even on days when I would show up and I'd be like, oh, I'm tired, I don't want to do this. The second the kids walked in through the door, I was like, ah, this is why I'm here. And we had so much fun. And I just loved it. And it was such a blast. So again, I'm talking about you're doing the thing that you are so passionate about. And you just, you don't have anything to lose. So you're just a, a weirdo and passionate. And <laughs> people just, I think they just want to see that. Because so, I don't know, people are just... <sighs> I don't know. I guess I feel like kind of a level of it's risky, but I'm, I'm just completely throwing myself out there because I love it. And people just weirdly want to get around that because you're taking the risk for them. And they, I think they appreciate the, the taking the risk and the, the willingness to look like a fool, because if I am the leader and I'm doing that, then anything they do goes. And any foolish thing that they try is acceptable and worthy because I've set mm-hmm. the tone of let's try this. Right. <laughs> Trying so, is okay. Messing yeah. up is okay. Yeah. That's a little abstract, I guess. But, but um, at the end of the day, I had a bunch of parents, again, some of which who are still Jubilee parents who at the end of the semester were like, Hey, so we want to send our, we, we love what you're doing. We want to send our kids to your studio. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have a studio. What are you talking about? <laughs> and this particular mom, Elisa Turk, was like, um, you should start one. I've been praying about it, and I think God wants to bless you in this, and I think you should start a studio. And so I was like, that's absolutely bazonkers, but okay. She's very much a woman of prayer and absolutely prophetic, and so I was like, well, Elisa Turk says to do it, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, so I started off the first semester of Jubilee. I... um. I got in contact with a dance studio. Actually, no, I think I was already working for this dance studio. I ended up getting hired as a, a modern teacher at another dance studio. Um, on the phone, this interview, I was at Sandra Olgard's. Sandra is in desperate need. The school year's about to start. She's like, I need a modern teacher. And someone referred her to me or me to her. And on the phone, I'm like, Sandra, you have to know I'm not that experienced. I've only been dancing for four years and I don't feel confident, but I am available. And she was like, absolutely let's just do this and <laughs> I ended up working for her for three years and I still just feel like it was crazy but at, at the end of the day there at that studio no the kids weren't necessarily getting pushed in the most you know like amazing Cunningham technique or anything but we were having a lot of fun together I was getting them to choreograph anyway we had a, we had a good time so I had a good relationship with her and she had the studio space and I asked her about renting and she was so kind and willing and um, allowed me to use her studio at a mere $10 an hour, which was very generous. Um, and, uh, and so I had four classes that semester. Each had about five students, no, four or five students. I think I had 15 students total. And um, I think I got the word out just again by flyers, by just 
telling people, hey, tell your friends, referral discount. If you, that, that's a really good one, referral discount, because mm. it's free marketing. Um, yeah. And um, my parents, who were all about it, were just, were, were good at that. They were, they were good at telling other people that this was a good thing, because I would also kind of, so this is sort of a manipulative thing, but it's also just a reasonable thing. I would tell them, because I, what I would do is I'd look at the whole semester, I would look at all the costs. I had this $10 an hour for the 12 weeks, so I had at least this much I needed to spend. I was gonna spend a certain amount on a recital for programs, for costumes, for um, renting a space for that. So I, I would look at the whole semester, I would break it down, and I would say, well, if I'm gonna do this, I need to cover my costs and make a little bit. So what I said was, um, so then, so then I assumed I'm gonna have four students per class. If I have four students per class, and I'm gonna take that amount, divide it into how many classes I have, divide it into how many, divide it into four students, and that's gonna be the cost of the class. So I know for sure that if I get four students to sign up for a class, all my costs will be covered, and I'll have a little bit left over for savings. So in classes that I had four, we are good. If I ended up getting more, like six or seven, I was like, great, that's even more savings, or what I used to do is I would say, okay, but this class has only two or three. I'm gonna use one of these students' tuitions to cover that class so that I can mm -hmm. run that class and have it still work math-wise. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely fudge things around. Another thing that I did exclusively and still do to this day is um, I just wasn't gonna buy the whole, oh, I can't afford it. Um, yep. <laughs> because um, another thing about it was I very much believed in what I was doing and because I saw it as that it was my hobby and was my passion and the idea was to use it on people and to like to bless people with it so it didn't matter necessarily to grow a business what mattered was that I would have bodies in a dance studio to, to do this thing that I wanted to do. Right. Um, yeah. So there was that. And also this was something that I learned in, in my, in my drama department, um, in high school was building a buzz, building a vibe. If I can get more people there, that's more people that they're going to, that are going to tell more people. That's more people to make it look like there's more people doing this. And so there's right. going to be more of a hype and more of a build towards something if there are more people there. So getting people to come, even if they couldn't pay or if they could pay only a, only a little bit of, of an amount mm -hmm. was awesome. There's also been people who in the past couldn't pay, but now do. And I attribute mm -hmm. that to them kind of like being like, what are you about? I don't know if I want to pay for this. And then coming and realizing, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to pay for this. So right. Uh, like their dollars weren't worth it before they knew what they were getting. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And yeah. something, something I love is it, it doesn't make any sense, but the more you give away, the more people will buy from you. Yeah, it's true. And that, and I do, I gotta say, I have to balance that with um, something that someone encouraged me as we started to kind of grow, which was perceived value. So if you're charging mm -hmm. very little, people may not value it as much. And so what I've done now is I've, I've brought up the value of it uh, or the cost of it to bring up the value of it because it is valuable. As I've talked to oh, yeah. um, business professionals about this, they've told me like, the experience you're offering is personalized, it's individual, it's kind of a boutique experience. Like you are, um, you're doing all this extra social, emotional, relational work. Um, and that's not something that people get in dance studios where they've got 20 kids in, in the class and they're just 
just dancing and moving. That's a different thing. Um, so you, you need to be charging more so that it reflects that and, 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 um, and respects and values what you're doing. But that said, it's such a socialist <laughs> organization because then what I can do because I'm charging more is I can afford to scholarship people more. Now that we have much higher expenses, I do actually have bills to pay and I can't just toss out free, free money like free candy. Um, it does come from somewhere and it comes from the people who are able to pay full price. So, I mean, I still toss it out like free candy because I've never tossed it <laughs> down for money. <laughs> but God has been really faithful and um, the parents and the families and the individuals who are able to pay have been willing to, which is amazing. Like I, I have to like put my trust in my families and my people who can pay to pay because otherwise, like if they wanted to take me at my word, everyone could literally go for free, but I'd probably have to shut down. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's so built on trust. And I think that's also super important for, for customers, customers, I quote unquote customers, they, you know, our dance community to feel like they are a part of something. They are what makes this thing work. Um, it's not this business that they just show up to and pay and, and get out. Like they're paying right. for it is making it happen. They are the membership fee. <laughs> yeah, kind of, honestly. Um, so I love that. And I would say for sure, I don't know if this is the best way to grow a business, but for sure the way that I've grown this business is by putting in thousands of hours, um, that will never be paid back. I, I will never get payment for the hours that I put in. I would always pay myself for the teaching hours. I would always, always bill that out and I would always include mm -hmm. that in the cost, but I've never included in the cost of my administration because it just wouldn't work. Numbers would not work that way. So right. I, I would say up until, up until this year, I never paid myself for admin. Now I do. I pay myself a little bit because we can, because we're bigger. But I would say if to anyone out there who's wanting to start a business, you sure better love it because at least, and this is someone who knows nothing about business. This is just how I've done it in my experience. It has to be something that you're willing to do for free um, in order to really spend those, you know, they say it takes four or five years to really get a business off the ground. It's going right. to be that many years to like build that kind of, the kind of clientele that can, that can pay for you. And I, I see, I hear some people, especially fresh out of college being like, I'm worth more and I should always be paid. That's going to limit you. Like, honestly, I'm super sorry to, to tell you this. Yeah, you're worth more, but not yet. Um, you need to put in the time, you need to put in the hours and the hard work um, to build that um, for yourself. Yeah, you may come out of college with a fancy degree, but people, people aren't going to trust that. They need to trust and know that you're going to be there, that you're going to be around, um, that you're good at what you're doing, that you, that you are wanting to constantly evolve with what's happening and grow. And um, I, I feel like I'm sounding a little like, I've got it right and here's what it is. I, I don't want to sound like that at all, but this, I mean, this and is I, what's worked for you. And this, this is what I, this is what yeah. I, this is the question I asked you to answer. Yeah. I'm like so, what, what is the Jubilee story? And this is part of it. This, this is, this is Jubilee's truth, business truth. Exactly. So you were teaching classes at schools. Then someone says you need a studio. Right. And so I was, I was renting from Sandra Olgard. Um, and I actually, there were, <laughs> I ended up for, yeah, gosh, this was, this was three years, three years, three, four years, two years. <laughs> I don't know. 
um, about three years worth of um, going around town um, for various reasons, different spaces didn't work for certain things. So there are a total of five studios to which I either still have the keys or know the lock code. <laughs> Satori, um, I rented the Modern Theater had a studio that I was using. Um, Roy, sweet, sweet, wonderful Roy. Roy Harrington at uh, the Lotus uh, Martial Arts Studio, um, just next door to Wild Walls. I was in his space for a while. Um, let's see who else. Yeah. Oh, and then a time to dance. Wonderful, wonderful. A time to dance. Um, we rented a lot of our costumes from them for the Nutcracker show. They are also amazing. Kathy Peak is amazing and wonderful. Um, they are one of the only other. There's, I think, three or four uh, Christian dance studios that I know of. Um, a time to dance is very focused on ballet, but they do they do other things as well. Um, but they're wonderful too. So I, I rented from them. Um, and they all just were so encouraging and helped me really get on my feet uh, by keeping the costs low for me and giving me advice. Um, I, I remember asking Lauren and Kelly at Dance Motions about insurance and all this other stuff they helped me out with. Um, we had to, we had a bit of a crossroads when we had to decide. Um, so, so yeah, so uh, semester by semester just went and I can tell you we had, so first semester we had 15, second semester we had 25, third semester we had 35 and then randomly went back down to like 16 and then I was I was freaking out I was like what happened and I just totally lose my touch or whatever like what why does no one want to come anymore and turns out it was just totally a weird fluke um the next semester we were back up to 35 and then a crucial crucial moment happened when I decided okay we're no longer a rogue studio we're not going to be renting other people's spaces because it was such a hassle. I had this roller backpack and a roller suitcase with all of my supplies, everything in it, dragged around my speakers, everything wow. um, to five different studios around town. It was obnoxious. So when I say, are you willing to put in the work? Like it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And I remember literally for, I think it was my first or second dance recital. I single-handedly, cause I was a doofus and didn't know how to ask for help single-handedly loaded up my Vida Passat with folded chairs from my church because they let me use them and took them all the way over to the studio we were having our recital at and I took two loads two loads of chairs stacked completely by myself in my car took Your them tiny to sedan my <laughs> tiny well it was it was a hatchback so there was some space okay. um <laughs> two loads back and forth all by myself to set up these chairs for this recital because I knew the event needed to look good, needed to look cool. People had to sit somewhere and <laughs> I was going to make it happen by gosh. So, um, you I don't know, a 12 year old dancer recital, standing room only. That sounds fair yeah. enough to me. So it's like right on par with an Alan Stone concert. Oh my gosh. All that to say, <laughs> I'm like so happy that those days are over. They were so fun. Like sometimes my, my girls, my, my dance students would come and help me do that kind of stuff too. And it was just crazy times, you know? But um, now, yeah, so this opportunity, a friend of mine, Lauren Stark, who's also an incredible artist you should look into if you don't know Lauren, um, LSA Arts or something, L Stark Arts, you can, you can search for her. She's on our, she's actually on our, on our website under Jubilee Community. She told me of this art space um, that was like more or less a little trashed, like the floor was splattered in paint and it was all roughed up and the walls were grungy. Um, because a bunch of different artist groups had been using it, and this is the space that we currently are at. And it had recently been used by a church, Communitas, and they were moving out. Um, and so she told me about the space, and she showed it to me. She's like, I kind of feel like you could turn this into a dance studio. 
And I looked at it, I'm like, mm, it's too small. <laughs> but then I thought about it and I found out what the number was they were asking for it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, to heck with it all. Let's just do it. Let's just, let's just jump in. Let's just do it. So, so we, we decided we were going to move in and just huge, huge work parties with a bunch of our friends and, and, and family came and helped us uh, sand down the floor, um, refinish them, uh, wash everything, clean, every, deep clean everything, paint all the walls, um, bring in the curtains, and it just transformed in the space of two weeks because we signed a lease wow. in January and classes were set to start uh, mid-January. So we had like two weeks to get all this done and it happened. Shoot. It was insane. It was so, it was so crazy. And Roy, sweet Roy, had made a, had made me these ballet bars. So I, I deconstructed that and was able to use those for um, our, our our walls. And and then Justin and I had to run all around town um, buying these mirrors that we found on Craigslist because I was not going to buy thousand dollar mirrors and install them when I was like mm, the savings like in our savings account for the for the studio at that time was like maybe five hundred dollars. Um, and so I just searched on, on Craigslist and found all these mirrors. And, and those are the mirrors that you see in there to this day. <laughs> this nice. one, it was like eight feet long, like six feet wide, just massive mirror. Um, we had to strap it on the back of Justin's truck. It was so sketchy. It was way out in the valley at this guy's shop. Yeah, that sounds and, terrifying. Oh, it's so scary getting it I mean, out. not the location as much as like transporting but it. Transporting was so scary. So we just said, you have to be willing to do insane things. That's all I'm saying. It's like, if you want to make it happen, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, this is what I, this is what I love about you. And one of the top reasons I wanted to hear the story is because two of the words I would use to describe you are scrappy and plucky. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I don't think I've ever been described like that, but that is so weirdly accurate. <laughs> Yeah, scrappy, that's for sure. That's another thing too that I want to say to people. I feel like some people are held up by their need for things to look just right or be just right. And I think that's a hang up. I think you need to put that aside and just just do it. But that's sure. I'm still getting over that. (laughs) That's my personal preference. You just I don't know, Julia. You just go to town. Do it, do it your way, do it what works for you, but but look out for those things, you know, like prioritize. If something is if you're saying I just can't do that because someone shouldn't drive out to the valley at midnight and pick up a huge massive midnight, you know, yeah, it was weird. It was really late. Anyway, things that sound like ridiculous or you shouldn't do it. I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> oh yeah. So oh man. So God fills empty spaces or nature fills empty. I don't know. Just like empty spaces will be filled. So we move into this space. And I think this was a huge, huge step for our, our clientele, if you will, um, because we had been literally the place we were before. God bless Roy, but like pretty much it was a, it was a martial arts studio, and there were like little Buddhas everywhere and crystals and everything, wonderful and fine. <laughs> but you know, the majority of my clientele were like Christian moms with their toddlers and their little kiddos. So, and like sometimes after his class, after my classes, he would have a class right after and there'd be these huge men in leather jackets carrying knives coming in for their knife class. And it just was not a good look. Like a throwing class or like? I don't even know. It's just knife class. Knife class. All right. So legit. Super recommend (laughs) martial arts with Roy. He is like, he is classic. He is, he is very old school, which is awesome with, with martial arts. I think that's what you need to do. 
Um, so if you are interested in that, you should definitely check him out. Um, he's also very, very reasonable. Um, so yeah, yes, price wise and, and just, just a good guy. Um, so yeah, once we moved in this beautiful space, it, it just is such a beautiful room. We have, we have a west facing windows. So we have the afternoon sunlight coming in through the windows. It's just a beautiful space. And I think people just felt like we can trust this now. It's a permanent location. It's her, it's their own thing. Um, and people just started flooding, flooding the doors and we've grown by 150% every single semester since then. So we're now at 130 students and it's just blowing my mind and mm. just, just crazy. And I still just pinch myself every day because I'm like, this is, this is so ridiculous that this is happening. And uh, let's just, let's go, let's dance. Yeah, I will I bust out of there. Yeah. As long as people want to do this, we're doing this. Um, yeah. It's been really fun lately now that I have, um, I have a, a host of seven, seven other dance teachers now who all bring with them their own backgrounds and experiences and ideas. And so when we get together and like hash out what the semester is going to look like or things that we're going to do, it is so much freaking fun. We just, we, we cannot stop talking. Like we, meetings that should take an hour just seem to want to go on and on and take like three hours because we all, we're all artistic and we're all like, want to see, you know, you know, we're all visionaries and it's just so much fun. And, um, and so, and, and I will say something that's kind of changed is it's become less about Lauren's dance studio and more about this is a thing that is separate from me, which is so good and so healthy. So teachers have kind of developed their own brands within what Jubilee is. So people know that when they go to a Lindsay class, this is what it's going to be like, and this is what it's going to feel like, and this is what you're going to do, which is going to be very different from a Bethy class. So you're going to go to a Bethy class where you get a different experience. It's still going to have the same heart and soul of Jubilee and the ethos of what we are, um, but uh, within the different styles and the different teaching styles, we have a lot to offer, and it's so much fun. I, I almost feel like um, on top of wanting to provide an opportunity for students to get to enjoy the thing that I love the most, it's an opportunity and a platform that I'm giving these teachers to be creative and express and like practice their art of teaching dance, which is such mm -hmm. a cool thing too. And I just, I just love facilitating, oh, making it happen. <laughs> so. so you can answer this as vaguely or as detailed as you want. Cool. Where are you going? We talked about where you've where like before and we talked about what's happening now where where are you headed <laughs> great question julia many <gasps> thank you yeah good one good one this you is my first one-on-one -on -one interview so thank you <laughs> wow yes you're very good at this very natural you have great questions um there's been uh, so i've always told people i'm like i'm so much a planner but only like a month out. <laughs> I like, am very, very. I just much. really intensely plan the next 30 days. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm not necessarily a futuristic kind of person. I, I don't deal well with unknowns. And I feel like it's kind of a waste of time um, because I think once I get there, once I know what I have to work with as far as people, as far as space, as far as what people want, it's going to change. It's always going to be different. So how, will, how can I plan for something um, the substance of which is, has the potential to be so radically different than what I think it's going to be now. Mm -hmm. So I would say I have no idea. However, I've been encouraged <laughs> to dream a little bit more, uh, nudged along by people who are more future mind set, who have more of a future mindset. Um, Tim Krauss being another, um, Jubilee parent who has been very, very visionary and very helping me like, uh, think about how to actually grow and, and et cetera, and expand. 
Um, so there's been talk of a performance arts kind of a directional shift. So instead of just it being unique dance, um, we have just started bringing in the past two semesters a lot more theater. And so we're, we're sort of starting to incorporate this production idea. And within the production, you have um, aspects of like virtually any kind of art you can fit into a production. You've got visual art, you've got, you've got set design, prop design, costumes, um, theater, music. Doing a production like we've done the past two falls with The Lion King and now with The Nutcracker has definitely started cracking me open as far as thinking about what the future could hold for Jubilee. And so getting really excited about that idea of, of um, bringing in more, more art forms. Um, Julia, you and I have chatted with um, each other and, with, and I've chatted with a couple of the people who are interested in making this dream become real. So that very much excites me to know that other people are, are wanting to get involved with it because when I talk about this kind of expansion, I, talk, I, have, to, I have to like take a deep breath and remember there is absolutely no way I could do this on my own. I could build what we've got now more or less on my own with a lot of help from, from my teachers, etc. Bethy um, has definitely always been there from, from day one and, and really helped me out. But this is going to be, if we do want to make this expansion happen, it's going to be so much more of a community effort and a lot more people need to get involved and a lot more people need to show up and bring their passions and possibly in a sense, be where I was at four years ago, but within something that is more established. So, so I would then get to be that, that dance studio that allowed, you know, someone to come in and, you know, charge them very little to do what they want to do to help foster and grow that um, because that's mm -hmm. been the kindness and generosity that's been extended to me so to be able to bring other people in and have an established clientele and people who are bought into what we're doing to then expand it with these other people that just makes me so excited and and um, it does depend on other people though so mm -hmm. it's a sort of a dream that I don't feel like I can truly manifest on my own yeah. <laughs> um, and but that's been something God's been kind of like nudging at is like it's not you it's gonna be more people so so those of you who are listening to this maybe you're one of those people who's supposed to get on board with what we're doing it's very likely if you know julia you are some kind of an artistic person because she tends to bring those kinds of people around so if you're someone who wants to develop your craft and, and become a teacher of that um and you want to get involved let's talk we i cannot do this on my own so if you or if you're someone who has an idea of a larger space or has resources that you can you can pull into this dream i want to hear right. about it and, and i and i want to and depending on like what the idea is i yeah. want to tell people to not let distance be a factor because mm -hmm. as depressing as this whole stay at home thing has been and i'm just like so ready to get out of here yeah <laughs> something i've learned is that like the people who I think of as super far away are so much closer to me than I think of them as being because I, you know, there's something about being with someone physically, but that doesn't mean that you can never see the people who live super far away from you. And like, you don't have to be best friends till it just like FaceTime once in a while. So if you do have an idea, but you live somewhere else, that's not Spokane. Uh -huh. We still want to hear from you. Absolutely. This is doable. This is, this is broken open our, our, our minds of what is, uh, as to what is possible. <laughs> right. Because what if, what if you don't say anything and that was the one thing that like, not the one thing, but like, it could have been incredible and we'll never know. Uh -huh. So speak up whoever you are. 
I'll echo that. I want to hear you. Yep, absolutely. And I will say, I think having this interview with you has helped me realize I'm actually like, I don't think that I could really give very good advice to someone who wants to start a business. But if you have <laughs> something that you're passionate about and you need encouragement to get it done or just need a context, I'm your girl. Let's talk. I'm available. Um, maybe, uh, Julia, you can post my email address or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, sure. I'd love to chat with you. And if you want to get on board with this thing. Yes. Um, oh, and what's, the, what's Jubilee's um, Instagram handle? Oh, Jubilee. J-U-B-I-L-E-E dot dance. I have one more question. Do it. What do you want to know? <gasps> about anything or about yes, you? About anything. If there's something you want to know about me, I can answer it right now, probably. <laughs> are you asking just simply for the sake of what this podcast is? Or do you, are you asking because you want ideas of what another podcast could be in the future? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, two questions then. I want to know. I want to know how to make the perfect macaron. I have been trying to make this darn cookie. Um, and it continues to evade me with its with its neediness, this cookie is such a tricky cookie. So if someone knows how to make a good macaron, um, that's what I want to know how to do because- I have a video I, that I'm going to follow when I get on the macaron train. Yeah, you should I'll do send it. it to you. You might have already seen it. You're a very intelligent woman. You're very resourceful, but I'll send it to you just in case. <laughs> please do, please do. Also, I want to know, um, gosh, some, this is so embarrassing, but so true. I am definitely in that category of, of, of millennials who has ashamedly in quarantine gotten soups involved in TikTok. Um, I just love it so much. I think it's hilarious and wonderful. I really want to have more courage to make a TikTok. I think there's so much about TikTok culture I still don't really understand though. So I want someone to help me understand TikTok information or like culture about like, how do you like, is it okay to just duet anyone? Like, like what are the unspoken like pause mm. I could do because because I'm I'm like super hesitant to like post anything that I make but it seems so it's so inspiring and it's so fun seeing all these like creative videos so yeah so, so our friend Amanda Parker have you seen her TikToks she just no jumped right in no she way. just jumped right in you oh, should go so ask her <laughs> at a, what is it at Amanda much more Parker follow her she's an incredible photographer oh yeah and she's so funny she's her hilarious. cat is. Oh regal and her husband is so funny and they're just incredible people oh my gosh i cannot wait to see their tiktoks that is so awesome yes I <laughs> um okay thank you so much for having me it was such a delight to chat with you and yeah, um, yeah. it's so nice to see you again learned some things <laughs> i love you love you too <laughs> okay bye bye